Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Have you always felt a little odd, a little different? The world is crying out for witches to heal and to rebuild. But do you hear its call and will you answer? This is a space for free thinking, where I give you tools to explore and build your craft. We all have a divine spark. Join me each week and grow that spark into a fiery beacon. I am your host, Michael Moorcroft, and I'll be bringing you a one-on-one guide to all things witchcraft and spirituality. This is The Mage's Well. Hey, Majors. Welcome back to the show. We've nearly hit Halloween. How are we all feeling? We've kicked off season three with blood and bone magic and then gone into necromancy and Ouija boards, all quite controversial, all dark and all taboo topics and also very Scorpio. It's nearly my birthday. What can I say? So to keep with the theme, I reluctantly decided to cover one of the most hotly debated topics within witchcraft and one that clearly divides and defines the community that of hexing and cursing. I was split about covering it because I thought, should I be talking about hexers and cursers when there is so much destruction in the world? And the answer was yes. I'm going to be honest and say if anyone came for my loved ones, my mother especially, you best believe I'm opening the gates of hell and sending every demonic entity I can summon while the perpetrator sleeps. I also believe in balance, and I think there's elements within the more baneful side of magic that can bring about understanding to the healing and light side, in inverted commas, of magic. There's also a huge range of motives as to why someone could turn to hexing and cursing. Morality isn't a simple black and white space. 
life is complicated. There's a long history within witchcraft of those turning to hexing and cursing as a way to make their voices heard and as a way to obtain justice. Of the defenseless using this magic to balance the scales that legal action couldn't or wouldn't achieve. And after all, legality and morality rarely meet in the middle. Could looking down on hexing and cursing be coming from a place of privilege? In some regards, absolutely. Magic over time has been rationalised and explained through science, and I'm definitely guilty of this, explained away with high levels of dopamine and endorphins. The practitioner is tricking their brain when they see the results of their invocations. Love spells cause the practitioner to love themselves more, thereby attracting a mate. Spells around prosperity shift the user's mindset and allows them to see opportunities to make money. The darkness that surrounds baneful magic, however, has kept it safe from the rationalisation of witchcraft, and it also defies explanation. There is no tricking of the mind when hexing and cursing is called upon. The results very much lie beyond the individual. What is the difference between a hex and a curse? Well, a hex, also known as a jinx, comes from the German hexen, meaning witch, or to practice witchcraft. It doesn't reach the context that it means today, till the 1800s, when Germans move into Pennsylvania in the US, and the meaning begins to transform over time. Hex, as a term today, means that a spell has been cast over someone, whereby it brings them harm, ill-fortune, or unpleasant circumstances. A curse? Well, curse as a word has mysterious origins. We think it comes from the Old English curse, which means a prayer that causes harm, and cursian, which means to swear heavily. Kinda gives you a hint as to what needs to be included within a curse. Now, curses are far more intense than hexes. They take more energy to create. Now, often, curses are laid out over several days with quite a lot of fine-tuned negative emotions raised within the practitioner and poured into their work. There's a lot of mythology around curses and creating a successful one seems to be quite a difficult thing to achieve. So much energy is required that it's believed that there is a price to pay, in that the practitioner's life is shortened. Some also believe that due to the amount of energy placed in a curse, it becomes impossible to remove. The best the afflicted can attempt to do is rebound it. I've come up with some guidelines to help decide when it's legit to hex and when to curse. First things first, why are we hexing? We need a good reason. This isn't a free-for-all and where we can all start hexing people who cut us up in queues. I'd say, hex in the most extreme cases. Your back is against a wall, last resort kind of vibes. And for cursing, I'd say the circumstances have to be even more extreme. I personally wouldn't hex or curse someone for petty personal grievances. There may be a more rational and easier solution to your problems. Using witchcraft and magic like this could be a way of venting, 
Are there more sustainable ways that you could vent? Are you bitter? There's inner work to be done around this if this is the case. Also, something that I ask myself around my actions and behaviour, generally, not just magically, is that what would the world look like if everyone did the one action that I'm considering? It's a simple but an effective method for getting an objective overlook, objectivity or rather being able to reach a decision without personal beliefs or feelings influencing the decision is vital for this area of spell work. If you are hexing out of personal grievance, I would also say pick on someone your own size, i.e. I wouldn't cast spells on people within the idea of personal grievance if they can't protect themselves, if they don't practice witchcraft. I don't see that as fair. You're harming someone who can't defend themselves, and if I were to personally do that, I would be reinforcing a stereotype that I'm trying to sidestep from. You might disagree with this view, as it sanitizes witchcraft slightly to make it more palatable for the general public, and I'd agree with you with that, but it's exhausting trying to explain to people that you're not evil and that you're not here to harm people. The archetype of the witch is so sensationally evil to those who don't understand it, I don't want to be seen as reinforcing it. Back to my guidelines though, we also need to bear in mind the repercussions of the hex and the curse, and the weight that these repercussions carry. We need to be in a place of objectivity, and if that's not possible, I'd say wait, and don't act until clarity on how to proceed is found. It's also worth mentioning that waiting may not be possible in every situation. There may be a very real need to act. My next point might offer a solution around this, and that is in that we need to take responsibility of the curse or hex. Your actions are going to cause pain and harm, whether that's physical, financial, mental and or emotional. Also, your wording is vital, and be prepared for loopholes to be played out that you didn't foresee. For example, let's say you decide not to hex or curse, but rather you bind someone from doing something that you deem evil, and you're acting from a place that is the highest good. Death could still be a way that they are bound from doing the evil deeds, so really think about the implications of your wording. Essentially, what I'm trying to say is, don't enter into hexing and cursing lightly. Also, recognise that there may be backlash in some form against you. Not everyone subscribes to this, this idea of what you put out returns to you. I'd like to think that if you're hexing for the highest possible good, then there should be no reparations, but I'm not entirely sure it works out like that. I'm going to speak more about this later, this idea of minimising the impact of these workings within your life. But are you willing to pay the price? And is it worth it to you? So this all being said, when do I think it's appropriate to use hexes and curses? In the areas of justice, and I'm not just talking about legal disputes between two people, but rather systems, systems that maintain racism, misogyny, the marginalisation of people, policies that uphold a privileged minority, environmental destruction, social injustices, I'm talking about bigger global concepts that have huge amounts of control over how we live our life day to day. Now, I absolutely think magic and witchcraft can help in these arenas, 
But do I think that Malcolm, down the road, doing a new moon ritual to destroy the patriarchy and white supremacy, is going to achieve these aims? No, I don't. These things are huge and are referred to as institutions for a reason, and as there are witches who actively wish to see these monoliths destroyed, myself included, there are witches who benefit from them and wish to see them prevail. Now, this being said, I have felt absolutely helpless the past year and a half in the face of the barrage of social injustices that we are witnessing on a daily basis. If throwing a hex into a mix is going to make you feel more empowered, then I'm here for that. But personally, I think in order to make a difference, this sort of work is going to take time and numbers of people as well. People who are highly organised and very clear with their intentions and goals that they wish to achieve. I also think this sort of work needs to be kept quiet and off the radar so no one can implement any counter magic. Alternatively, I'd think smaller and I'd think about what you yourself can achieve on a smaller local level. I also think it would be much easier to focus on one particular person who is a key player within a concept like racism, for example, rather than going for the actual concept of racism. I also think, similar to my views on manifesting, that the magical work needs to be complemented with the physical work, whether that be donating to charities or activists, attending protests or signing petitions, something physical to support the magical is always a good thing to me. Personally, I like Jason Miller's idea of strategic sorcery, whereby you come up with an aim, and you come up with plans around this aim to achieve it, you then use magic to add and to fulfil these plans to go beyond the original aim. As you may know, I set up my shop towards the end of last year with the goal of helping people deepen their practice and to connect to the divine. My products are carefully formulated with quality ingredients that are thoughtfully sourced, then packaged and wrapped with materials that have a low impact on the environment. For my oils, I will think of a brief or an aim that I want to achieve with this particular product. I specify some of the ingredients that I want to be in it, for example with the money money oil, I knew that basil had to be in there for me. It's got huge connotations with money and also with the freedom oil, I wanted people to feel like they were in a forest, so fir and cedar had to be in there. I then hand this brief or this idea over to Madhavi Patel, who has been working in aromatherapy for over a decade. She then intuitively picks the other ingredients and blends them into a formula that fits in with my idea or concept. I send out samples to a small group and see how they get on with it. Then, if it's all good, the product goes on my site. It's a small, intuitive process that works with small batches to deliver witchy oils that not only smell good, but work. In the shop today, we have money money oil, trance oil, and freedom oil, as well as erotica, my latest blend that's designed to be diffused throughout sex magic and love magic workings, and to generally create a space that is safe and fun for intimacy. 
I also have a rosemary cleansing bundle designed to be burned as an alternative to white sage that has been handmade by me with recycled string sourced from a mature rosemary brush from my friend's house in East London. It's wrapped under a dark moon for added potency. You can see all these products over on themajorswell.com. Is there going to be any repercussions on you or are you going to suffer from any sort of fallout when you practice this sort of magic? Like I mentioned earlier, possibly. So what can we do to mitigate these ripples? What can we do to counteract it? Let's start off with the basics. Work with spirits who operate in the areas as to why you are hexing and ask for their guidance and protection. Build up a relationship with them, invoke them, leave them offerings, that kind of vibe. You also want to be precise with your wording and your intentions. I'd also have it written in there and stated into your workings that the side effects don't return to you, as well as clearly stating who the hex is going to affect. But I don't think these things are enough. We also have to think about whether the curse or hex we create has anything to stick to within ourselves. Let's say we curse Malcolm down the road because he didn't include within his magical workings the idea of protecting the environment. If we haven't protected the environment, in inverted commas, which is incredibly vague, the curse may have something to stick to within us. Shadow work, see my episode on this, and thinking about terminology within the magical working is vital. If we are punishing someone for committing a certain act or behaviour, we have to be free of these behaviours or of having committed these acts ourselves. Something to bear in mind. One side effect that I think is interesting that definitely needs to be highlighted is that the act of cursing once done successfully can make us feel incredibly powerful. Could this draw us to curse more? Absolutely. Could this hinder our moral compass? I don't think we can rule that out. It's something to bear in mind and to keep in check. If we are constantly hexing and cursing, what's the real motive behind it? Do we feel powerless in our own lives, perhaps? I'd also say cleanse to a level that matches the severity of the workings. If you need to cleanse daily for a week, then do so. Don't hex if you can't cleanse well. While looking into this, I came across a lot of practitioners mentioning the strawberry jam effect, whereby if you use jam, you're bound to get some on you and you'll be sticky. It's inevitable. And it applies here in regards to cursing and hexing. Make sure you have enough tools in your kit, whether that be literally or metaphorically, to deal with this sticky energy. Keeping in mind the sticky element, I'd be tempted to do these sorts of workings far away from your home, so the energy isn't near where you rest or where your family or friends are. I'd say it ideally should be done in a forest, and if you can, once you are finished, cross over running water. You could also change your identity and name while doing this sort of magic in an attempt to stop or hinder the energy following you. You could wear a mask, wear clothes you wouldn't normally wear, paint your face, use a different name. This disruption of identity is powerful in that it adds a layer of protection so the consequences of your actions don't or struggle to find you. Also, don't use your bodily fluids in workings around this sort of magic. 
You could also turn to divination to get an overview and see if your workings have any loopholes or any problems. Here, a pendulum would be a good shout, but you could also do a tarot reading around your spell. Pull cards for advice, any blockages, the best timings and the outcome, and then you can adjust your workings accordingly. I'd also keep what you intend to do quiet, especially if you're going after public figures. It will give people a chance to prepare and possibly bounce the spell back to you. Also, an interesting one, see if you can think around the idea of casting a hex or curse and see if you can achieve your aim in another way. Casting a spell on someone to open their mind, realize the implications of their actions, or for them to break down their walls, could very much be a curse for that person. The process may be quite uncomfortable depending on the individual. It's effective, and it doesn't carry the implications and the weight of a full-blown, legit curse, as, generally speaking, it's playing into the person's progression and development as a human being. Everyone wins. Now, what I would say about this area of magic is that I wouldn't mess with a curse. Or rather, I hope I'm never in a situation where a curse is a rational and feasible answer or solution. In regards to hexing, think about it. And if you're going to do one, do it well and have a justified reason. Think about your setup and the language that you use within the ritual, as well as the implications that could result from your workings. I do think that some of the judgement and reluctance around casting hexes and curses comes from Christianity, and particularly the idea of, quote, if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. As a survivor of domestic violence, this crowd control idea of making yourself vulnerable in the face of your abuser in the hopes that they realise the gravity of their actions and suddenly have the foresight to snap out of it is ludicrous and downright dangerous. Sometimes in life, there is a very real need to fight back and within this liminal space, if your first port of call is a hex or a curse, then so mote it be. And Majors, that's it. That is a wrap for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. My intent with this podcast is to provide guidance and inspiration for those on their spiritual path and to talk about interesting parts of history relating to spirituality. I also want to connect you with information that is both useful and reliable. Would you like to support me? With your support, I can dedicate more time to the mage as well. You can financially support me through Patreon, where you'll gain access to more content and connect with the mage as well community. The link for this is in the episode description. If you're not keen on pledging money for whatever reason, but you still want to support, you can follow my Instagram at the mage as well. You could tell your friends and family about the show. You could post about the podcast. And most importantly, you could leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. This is really important. It really helps because it boosts the algorithm over on Apple Podcasts and it draws in new listeners and helps get the podcast out there. Please help me out. This is an independent podcast. It's just me researching, producing and editing. Anything you can do will help.
If you own a business and would like to advertise on the show, please get in touch. The show's email is themajorswell at gmail.com. Special thanks to Coral St. Clair for the podcast artwork. For the poem this week, I had actually considered reading Tamino's Hell by Sajo Yasso. It's thought that Sajo lost a family member after World War I and wrote this poem in response to this. However, there is a belief around this poem that those who read it aloud become cursed, either suffering great misfortune or death. So, let's not. So instead, I've gone for After He Calls Her a Witch by Susan Ludvigson. I've defo read it before, but I love it and it's a firm favourite. And before I start, I should say that oranges were seen as having otherworldly powers in the Renaissance. It's thought witches could kill by pinning the victim's name to an orange and leaving it in the chimney. When he comes in, late again, the whole house smells wonderful, but he can't quite recognise the scent. The fire is almost out, a few ashes flicker in the absent light and he suddenly recalls his mother holding orange peels over a flame, the singed skin curling back like petals, releasing that fragrance. She did it daily, all one winter, just for the pleasure. He doesn't see on the hearth the remains of paper, traces of his names printed in clear black ink. He wonders how his wife knew about sweetening their rooms with oranges, wonders whether it means the air is cleared. She wants to make up. He breathes in the evening air, imagining her in bed, waiting for him, forgiveness on her lips, like the taste of oranges. Peace out, witches, and I'll see you at the crossroads. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.